if you're a newbie, then it's always good to partner up with another sponsor if you're trying to be active. Obviously, passive is a different story, but it is competitive, but you can still get deals done. Hey guys, David Robinson here. Welcome to the Lead Sponsor Podcast. Really excited about our episode today. I've got Anthony Scandariata with me. Anthony, thank you for coming on the show. Looking forward to getting into our conversation. Before we dive into things, if you don't mind, let's back up. Let's talk a little bit about your background and your backstory and how you got into the real estate investing space. Definitely, David. It's an honor to be on your show. I'm really excited. So uh, I got into real estate investing in 20. 20- 2014, I used to work in the startup world for a consumer product company. We were selling sunglasses and sweaters to college bookstores. And I wasn't really passionate about it. It was a great couple of year run startup, uh, but I've always had an interest in real estate. From that experience with the startup, I was able to learn a lot of entrepreneurial skills and saw those skills transfer over to the real estate industry. Ended up getting a job for another real estate sponsor and operator in yeah 2014 and um they were acquiring class multi-tenant class a office buildings up and down the east coast so any you know office building that had investment grade tenants that were usually the deals are like 50 million and up so it was more institutional Hmm. size uh type of properties so i started out as an analyst in their acquisitions team kind of just underwriting and slowly you know worked my way up in the firm uh helped with the capital raising on both the debt and equity side ended up sourcing a bunch of deals. So during that six-year run I was there, I helped basically double their portfolio to about, I want to say half a billion to a little bit over a billion. I started my company, uh, Red Knight Properties, and we are a boutique value-add multifamily real estate investment company, as well as property management company. Uh, We have about 800 units right now, about $100 million under management in four different states, hopefully about to be five. And, um, you know, we're focused on what I was focused when I worked for my other sponsor, just a different asset class, uh, value-add, middle market, multifamily uh, opportunities that are mostly garden style within an hour uh, of a major uh, metropolitan area, what we like to call a secondary market, one to two-story walk-up, you know, class C that we like to turn around to C, C plus, B minus uh, type of assets, create the value, buy for cash flow, and, you know, hold on to it, either refinance if you want to hold the asset or get rid of them uh, within that kind of like three to five year investment period. And we now I started out, you know, buying two family homes on my own, kind of learned the ropes myself, obviously had the institutional experience, built about 70 unit portfolio between myself and my business partner, did a couple of sales and refis, went full cycle, and then felt comfortable to do larger deals like 50 plus. And now we, you know, bring capital in from different partners and investors, and we invest as well. So it's been a really great experience and uh, looking forward to future growth. Oh, that's great. Uh, cool story. Let's uh, let's back up. I want to dig into a few aspects of that. Backing up to 2014, when you start working with the, the other investment firm, what had been your background up to that point? I mean, obviously, you're an entrepreneur, but it, had you gone to school for, uh, for finance or uh, what was your background from, from an education standpoint? Yeah. I actually studied applied economics and management, so just call it, you know, general business. I didn't study any real estate, but, you know, during my college years, I was working on the startup I mentioned in the beginning, 
with a couple of my college roommates. That's literally what we did when we were in college. I didn't really party that much in a little bit, but I, I didn't have the typical college experience, I would say, that, you know, maybe someone average, you know, join a fraternity. Or whatever. I didn't do any of that. Uh, we just focused on trying to grow the business. Uh, but again, it got to a point where I realized I wasn't passionate about the business and I love real estate. Yeah. And so when you started working with that company then, uh, was that really your first experience, like really diving headlong into modeling deals out and figuring out how to invest in these larger projects? Is that your first experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. I ended up getting a few certifications before landing that job uh, Mm because that was, you know, because I would go on interviews, I'd tell the story and they're like, that's great, but do you know anything about real estate? So, (laughs) you know, there's some uh, Argus certification class I took, modeling classes I took, um, I do have some family members in the business that own mm. apartments as well. Uh, so I was able to pick their brains and see their models. So obviously that helped uh, further the education yeah. um, along. So, you know, you were part of, you know, growing a portfolio from, I think you said a half a billion to over a billion dollars in, yep. uh, you know, a six year stint there. And it sounds like you had a lot of experience. Maybe just talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like and how that set you up for starting your own investment firm. It was great. It was a smaller, I mean, you have a billion dollars in management, but we only had on the corporate side, maybe like six employees, give or take. Mm. It, the property management for the most part was third party. Uh, they operated up and down the East Coast. So it was anywhere from New Jersey, which is where I'm based and where they were based, all the way down to Florida. And kind of like, you know, they have assets in Kentucky and um, Georgia and Maryland. So I got exposed to all those markets. And now I started acquiring properties in those markets where I'm, you know, for Red Knight, my company. So you obviously felt comfortable with that. But it was a different asset class. I would say office um, is definitely just from a risk adjusted standpoint is definitely, in my opinion, is riskier, especially 2022 with, with uh, you know, pandemic kind of lingering a little bit, you know, and I, I wanted to focus on apartments, uh, kind of saw writing on the wall with the asset class a little bit. I could, I hope, hope I'm wrong. I hope it fully recovers but that was another reason. And so in 2020, so you started uh, Red Knight Capital, uh, correct? Red Knight Capital, right. Uh, Red Knight Properties, yeah. Red we might Knight change properties. it to Red Knight Capital. All right. Hey, I just, <laughs> I just coined it for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, so Red Knight Properties started in 2021. You've got 800 units uh, and $100 million under management at this point. So you're off to a great start in a very short period of time. What was that transition like going from sort of that corporate uh, maybe, I mean, it's not fully corporate. I mean, it's a pretty small company from an employee standpoint, yeah. personnel standpoint, but, uh, that environment to starting your own investment firm, were there any challenges or anything that you could share with our listeners that might be helpful to them if they're looking to do the same thing? Yeah, I would say I started out, it wasn't like I just, okay, 2020, now I have 800 units. That's not what happened. So to back up a little bit, I bought my first two family in 2016 on my own my own money. I mm, managed it. Gotcha. I evicted the tenants. I renovated the units. I did everything myself. So I got to learn a little bit. Then from there, I bought another two family with a partner that we flipped. So then that, so I had experience on my own. And then I had experience with the partner. And then I met my business partner where we bought a 10 unit. And then mm. we'd stabilized that in 20, we bought that in like 2017. It's fully stabilized in 2018. 10 units you can handle while you're working a full-time job. Sure. So Ted, he did, you know, he did most of the management anyway, but I, I helped guide, of course, I put up money as well. It was just a straight joint venture. And to, we bought a 10 and then we bought another 10 and then we bought another 12 and then we bought a 20. So we had about 70 units together. 
So the cash flow coming from mm, that, as well as the okay. couple properties I bought, I want to say almost replaced the W-2 by the time I left. And by the time I left, I had one syndication, where the larger deal, under contract that we were closing in December of 2019, in which we closed. And then I had another one under already under contract set to close in March. So for me, with the transition, it was like, I'm kind of just going into a new job. It wasn't, I didn't think about it. I Got wasn't it. scared. It was very different. If you had things, I had kind of things like lined up methodically, as opposed to just going out and being like, oh, we'll see what happens. So Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clarifying that. And so while you were working in, you know, with the other firm, you were doing your own investing on the side, building up a small portfolio. That portfolio started to generate enough cash flow and gave you enough experience to start to make that transition. How did you right. go about finding your your business partner? I actually met him through a coworker of mine at the old firm I used to work for. Uh, my partner's a ex uh, NFL player for Cincinnati, the Bengals, uh, just in the Super Bowl this past year. Uh, played for a couple other teams as well, and he was retired. Uh, lives in the town very close to me. Uh, in, in his early 30s when he retired, uh, but didn't really want to retire, uh, just stayed home down for a couple of years, wanted to be active, started reading about multifamily. We happened to meet each other. He came into our office one day, met my former boss, and we just hit it off. I told him I was buying a couple two families, and he's like, hey, it's exactly what I want to do. Next deal, why don't we try to buy something a little bit larger and let's figure it out? And then we did that. And, you know, it's a great partnership. Uh, he's kind of focused in terms of roles now. I'm more property management, construction management, and I'm more acquisitions, asset management, kind of similar to what I was doing at the old firm. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move things forward a little bit here, and let's talk about your specialty, which is on the acquisition side of things. What what's the biggest challenge? Uh, well, I mean, it's, uh, what's the biggest challenge <laughs> that you're facing right now, as far as acquisitions is concerned, and maybe some insights that you might be able to share with our listeners about finding good opportunity and being competitive in in a, a crazy market that we're in today. Yeah, and we're recording this at the end of the first quarter of 2022 for that context, and obviously, you know, rates are still very low. They're probably continue you know, to, to stay relatively low, even with the increases. The way I look at it is, you know, we're, there's a supply and demand issue still, and the market is very competitive still for multifamily. It's gotten to the point where uh, it's been so competitive in the markets that we already own, we'd have to look at a market. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're focused on kind of like East Coast, um, New Jersey, New York State, Pennsylvania, Florida is where we own right now. I started expanding. Now, now I'm expanding to the Midwest just because mm. the, the prices are insane on in some of the markets where we acquired over the past few years. And we're starting to sell some assets um, that we didn't, you know, that had that five year horizon, but now it's a 14 month horizon and we're going to make, you know, two X our money in 14 months. Um, and we've already done that at a couple of deals. So market timing is one, but to be competitive, find new deals. It's about your track record, good relationships with brokers. 90% of our deals are through brokers. We don't send out yellow cards. They're just going to get thrown in them, thrown in the trash. And, you know, we specialize on the middle market. So the 50 to 200 unit properties, they're not really, you know, five to $20 million purchase price, give or take. Um, they're a little bit underlooked by the institutions. So it's not as much capital um, chasing it, in my opinion. So a little bit more, a little bit less competitive than chasing the 30 pluses. So we just like to do what we say we're going to do. Don't retrade a deal when you had it under contract. Have everything kind of lined up. Have references from other brokers who've closed with you. If you're a newbie, then it's always good to partner up with another sponsor if you're trying to be active. Obviously, passive is a different story, but it is competitive, but you can still get deals done. 
And you mentioned, you know, uh, transitioning from, you know, mainly East Coast markets all the way down to Florida and then transitioning to the Midwest, you know, making that transition, how long has it take? Uh, have you acquired anything in the Midwest outside of those markets yet? Or are you still actively looking for we're, something? We're just looking right now. We're in the market okay. research phase. We've got a couple of deals about possibly about to go under contract, but yes. Gotcha. Okay. So that that process from when you say, you know what? we should start maybe exploring the Midwest from a time horizon, maybe help our listeners understand, you know, the time horizon that it might take for someone who has some experience, but is looking to shift market focus to actually being able to penetrate the market and get a deal. You know, you're to that place where you're, uh, you may be getting something under contract. What does that timeline look like? And what were the biggest challenges that you faced in making that transition? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at deal, it's always good to grow within the markets that you're already in because that's the easiest thing to do and it'll take you the least amount of time, I would think, not to underwrite a deal or to find a deal. We even we struck out for the past, I would say, five months to find any new opportunities. We obviously closed on a lot over the past couple of years, so we don't want to move too quickly and too fast and blow up the business. That's not our goal. So um, we're very methodical with what deals we're looking at and how we're growing. So because we're selling the property now we're like okay well everybody's going to get their money back where do they usually they reinvest in it, or they're going to want to know what's going on with another opportunity so that event is happening so we kind of kept that in mind so for the past i would say like i said three to five months we've been looking at some of the other markets outside of where we're looking and if an opportunity happens to come up in the markets that we're in then great but at this point some of the numbers I'm seeing properties retrade um, in the market cycle six months after the sponsor bought it for double and they did nothing. It's one thing that they added the value and they want mm -hmm. the higher price, but they did absolutely nothing. And I'm just not that type of, I don't want to be the sucker that buys that. Um, I want to be on the other side. So I'm seeing that happen a lot in the markets we're in and we just strike out after strike out after strike out. So that's why we, we made the decision to not completely off, you know, let these markets go, but keep our, um, expand our horizons and we did that from the get-go because we started in uh, the state of new jersey which is where i reside with my partner as you know new jersey's very expensive so is new york so we made that same decision back in 20 uh 2020 things were getting crazy in new jersey price wise we were like why don't we go just for over the border in pennsylvania let's try to buy and we mm -hmm. did so we got some out-of-state experience and then you know Bought, bought the Florida properties, more out of state. So now we feel more comfortable with other markets where we can't just drive to in an hour or two. Yeah, love it. So where do you see your business going in the next uh, you know, two, three, four, five years? Uh, what, are, what are you looking to accomplish? Yeah, I, I, you know, we want to be a large workforce housing um, apartment owner. Uh, we want to be known for improving communities and improving lives of tenants and our partners and investors. And, you know, I don't have like a number unit count, um, so to speak, sure. but we, you know, we, we want to keep doing good deals, good, good value add opportunities. We usually do maybe four to five a year. Maybe we you know ramp that up a little bit, um, hire some new folks um, to try to ramp that up. But it's, um, I don't really have a unit count right now. We're sub a thousand, maybe we'll be at 2000 within five years. It depends because you, some markets, you know, a hundred units is, like 4 million. <laughs> so, right. Uh, right. It's, it, you know, it, it's all relative when you speak about it. And um, it's not a matter of the number of units you have. It's a matter of uh, 
how many good deals. I can't tell you how many new sponsors are out there. Oh yeah, I own, you know, I'm a part owner in 3,000 units. Okay, that's great. You own 1% of 3,000 units. Awesome. And what did you do with those 3,000 units? Oh, I'm a general partner with 15 other guys on a deal. Like, dude, you, you're not doing anything. We're usually, we're the one of the only general partners on our deals. We're the ones doing the property management, executing on the business plan, reporting to the investors, pretty much everything from soup to nuts. We don't have construction in-house. It's the only thing. So I'd like to, but it's challenging when you're in different markets. So you know, I, I just like to be known for doing good deals, doing what we say we're going to do, improving communities, improving, you know, investors pockets and help helping more people escape the nine to five, kind of like how I did. I have a couple of uh, investors who are almost at that point, um, but they're ready just through coming along with us or doing a couple of deals on the side on their own. It's been really exciting. Yeah, that's great. And so, you know, you mentioned, and I assume that, you know, acquiring new investors or making new connections with investors will be a big part of your, you know, business plan moving forward. Uh, you know, up to this point, you guys have done, uh, you know, uh, some impressive things in, in a fairly short period of time, but what's your best source for finding new investors at this point? Yeah, definitely networking. We started out with our friends and family. I had colleagues that I used to work with for the first capital raise I did. Um, colleagues I used to work with, my partner has a professional record as well, playing for the NFL. So some of his network came in. So we could work together on both of that. But now, David, it really comes down to the track record. And okay, what have you done in the past? What kind of returns have you given? What type of deals have you done? How quickly were they turned around? Once you have a few case studies, which we do now, you know, they kind of, I wouldn't say come to you because we're always just networking and love to partner with other people. But I would say it gets a little easier. Um, mm. wouldn't say it was super hard before. I think if I didn't have the professional background um, in commercial real estate, it would be very difficult. But you know, with my professional background and, and my partner's professional background, it's we made a pretty good team. Um, and like you said, in a relatively short amount of time. I mean, I know people have raised much more than us in, in short amounts of time. But um, you know, like I said, we're we're kind of really hands on, a little too hands on with everything. But um, yeah, like I said before, we're trying to do a few smart, good deals a year. We're not trying to do 10, 15 deals a year that are okay. So um, yeah. a little bit different approach. Yeah, I love that mentality. Well, look, I know we're a little bit short on time today, but uh, I want to start winding down here. I've got a few uh, final questions for you. The first is, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now in your business that we could all learn from? Yeah, I mean, the supply chain obviously is an issue nationwide. Um, it's, renovations on some of the units are taking a little bit longer than what they used to just because of materials and um, other things not being done on time. So make sure um, if you're doing a value add plan, you know, try to partner with a good contractor or order materials in bulk early. So we're mm -hmm. kind of learning that right now uh, on the staffing side, make sure you screen your maintenance techs or leasing agents. Um, you know, we had a few bad people from the beginning, but we're learning. We didn't do background checks. So there's a couple of, um, you know, things more on the management side, I would say, that we weren't 100% happy about, but now we're making a change. Yeah, love it. What's something that you're just absolutely knocking out of the park right now in your business that we could all learn from? I'd say um, communication with investors and partners. Uh, I send out uh, monthly updates with what's going on. I send out quarterly financials, quarterly distributions at this point. Um, but a lot of my partners, I, you know, they tell me, they said, I really appreciate the monthly updates. I don't get this from other investments I'm in and the transparency is next to none. I like to do that because it keeps my head in check and it keeps me focused on 
okay, what, what's going on with this property? And it's good to just share that, even if it's bad news, just just share it. So I don't know. I think I think we're we're better at communicating uh, what, what's going on. I think that's important because you know you're taking people's hard-earned savings and hard-earned cash sometimes, and you, you feel obligated to perform on it, and you should be. So just like well, sense. and and I'll speak to that a little bit. You know, our mutual connection, how we how we connected uh, as an investor of yours, and spoke yeah. very very highly of your communication. That's one of the favorite things Thank that he uh, he he likes about investing with your team is the communication and so uh I, I i can tell you at least from his experience that that is the case so good for you guys that's great well look uh anthony i know we're short on time today but uh i've really enjoyed you know learning a little bit about your business and and what you guys have done over the last few years what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you and learn more about what you have going on yeah best way we have a free ebook right now it's called how to leave your nine to five through financial independence uh, go to our website. It's rednightproperties.com, rednight with a K. It pops up. Uh, put your name and email in there. I'll send that to you. And then you'll get all my contact information from there in an email format. Um, but you can, you know, you can still find me, Anthony Scandariato or Red Knight Properties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Perfect. We'll have links to that in the show notes. So if you've enjoyed our conversation and learned a little bit about Anthony and his business, go down into the show notes right now, click on one of those links and uh, connect with him there. Again, Anthony, thank you for coming on, sharing a little bit about your business and your personal journey. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. We also have a podcast uh, called Discovering Multifamily, which I'm hoping David's going to come on as well uh, shortly. So um, yeah, hopefully looking forward check, to it. Check, it. check that out on iTunes, pretty much every platform you can find us on. Okay. Awesome. Well, Anthony, again, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll chat with you soon. Take care. Hey, before you go, if you and I haven't connected yet, please head on over to canovocapital.com. You can join our investor network or download our free passive investors guide to multifamily syndications. Either way, I'd love to connect with you personally. Also, I just want to thank you for listening to the show and providing feedback and reviews. If you haven't already, please, please, please take a second and leave us a rating and written review. This helps us to be found by new listeners and helps us attract great guests in the future. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great day.